Coming up on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline, terrorists in Gaza fire rockets at Israeli civilians. Could this erupt into another war? Plus, controversy swirls over a Palestinian settlement outside of Jerusalem. Why it's drawing an international spotlight. Plus, honoring Holocaust victims on International Holocaust Remembrance Day. The incredible story of a woman who survived the unthinkable. And praying for Israel at the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast. All this and more on this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Hello and welcome to Jerusalem Dateline. I'm Chris Mitchell. The Israel Defense Forces launched a powerful raid against the Palestinian Islamic Jihad terror group, saying they took the action to prevent a major future attack. In retaliation, terrorists in Gaza fired rockets at Israeli citizens. Overnight, the IDF targeted an underground rocket manufacturing site after an Islamic group fired several missiles into southern Israel. The terror group fired the rockets to avenge the deaths of suspected Islamic Jihad members killed in a daytime raid by the IDF on a refugee camp in the city of Jenin. A military spokesman said the raid stopped an imminent terror attack described as a ticking time bomb. Nine Palestinians died in the raid, most of them suspected terrorists, along with a 60-year-old woman. The IDF said it was investigating the woman's death. The Palestinian Authority declared three days of mourning, said it would cut off security cooperation with Israel in Palestinian cities and villages, and plans to go to the UN. We will go to the Security Council to implement the International Protection Resolution for the Palestinian people under Chapter 7 and to stop unilateral measures. Israel's police chief and the Minister of National Security praised the soldiers for protecting Israeli civilians. Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant said the state of Israel will continue to operate in any place and at any time against anyone who aims to harm the citizens of Israel. Israeli security forces are now on high alert throughout Judea and Samaria, also known as the West Bank. A State Department spokesman said the U.S. recognizes the security challenges facing Israel, but is deeply concerned about the escalating violence. The clashes come just days before U.S. Secretary of State Antony Blinken is due to arrive for talks with Israeli and Palestinian leaders. Knesset members and Prime Minister Netanyahu's own party are pushing the government to evacuate a Palestinian Bedouin settlement from Israeli-controlled territory. As CBN News Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl tells us, this move is seen as a test case with international implications. Israel's Supreme Court approved the evacuation and demolition of Khan al-Akhmar settlement in 2018. Although successive Israeli governments didn't take action, Netanyahu is now being challenged to do so. We are here because this is our land. When it comes to illegal building in Judea and Samaria, you cannot have double standards. We saw what happened last Friday when the authorities evacuated Jewish community that was built illegally. Khan al-Akhmar behind me is one of 80 settlements built in an area called E1 along Israel's main highway between Jerusalem and the Dead Sea. Israel says they're illegal because they're built by Palestinians with European Union money on Israeli land. It's not just about Khan al-Akhmar. It, it's about the future of Judea and Samaria and the future of our ability to have a rule of law here in Judea and Samaria. Likud Knesset members Danny Danone and Yuli Edelstein visited E1 overlooking Khan al-Akhmar. 
They hope Netanyahu will evacuate it, setting a precedent for the removal of dozens of other illegal Palestinian settlements in biblical Judea and Samaria. Strategically, this area is very important and sensitive. For us, it is the bridge between Jerusalem to the Dead Sea. That's why the Palestinian Authority is putting so much energy, so much money. The 1993 Oslo Accords designate areas in the West Bank called A and B under some degree of Palestinian control. Khan al-Ahmar is in Area C under complete Israeli control. Okay. Meir yes, Deutsch runs Regavim, a group dedicated to preventing illegal seizure of state land in Area C in what they consider biblical Judea and Samaria. The black is where the Palestinians have been building. Within areas A and B, you see that 70 percent of areas A and B, again, under full Palestinian control, 70 percent of the land is not occupied. Israel has already allocated other land for the people of Khan al-Akhmar to live on near Jerusalem. The sellers of Khan al-Akhmar are interested, and we have it on tape. They are interested in moving to these legal plots, but the Palestinian Authority is not allowing them to move because the Palestinian Authority wants them to stay exactly over here, as I said, in the strategic place. Palestinian protesters told journalists otherwise. Why to move? This is the land for me as an indigenous Palestinian. By taking this area, this land here, they just cut off the West Bank with the south from the north. This is part of the plans destroying any possibility for Palestinian state. So this is a Palestinian land. Israel is dealing with it as an Israeli and Israeli land. It's not an Israeli land. It's also about the involvement of the European Union, which leads to more complications. The EU is very involved here in funding the illegal uh, building here. The EU is supplying them with illegal structures and with illegal electricity infrastructure such as generators. No European country can decide that they will construct illegally schools or kindergartens and then will protest the possible evacuation. And as outside influence into the battle over the land of Israel continues, so do the internal struggles in Netanyahu's government. Julie Stahl, CBN News, overlooking Khan al-Akmar in the hills of Judea. Recently, a bipartisan delegation of seven U.S. senators traveled to the member countries of the Abraham Accords to express American support for dialogue and cooperation between Israel, Morocco, Bahrain, and the UAE. Abraham Accords are historic in many ways. Uh, as I say to some folks, decades from now, we'll look back on this time period and see a real shift that happened from the Middle East around the Abraham Accords. Uh, the reason that we planned this trip to be able to be with the key leaders in all four of these nations was to reaffirm America's commitment to the region, to have frank conversations uh, about what's working, what's not working with the Abraham Accords, and to be able to ask about what other countries can join in next and to see what we can do to continue to expand this. Up next, remembering the Holocaust. See one woman's fierce story of survival in the face of Nazi brutality. Names from the Old Testament are being unearthed all over the city of Jerusalem. This was amazing. Come as close as you can get to personalities that are known from the Bible. Astonishing discoveries made today. A jaw-dropping moment of Bible archaeology. This is much more than a thrill. This is actual history that took place here on the site where we sit right now. Confirm the kings and prophets of the Bible left real evidence of their lives right time, the right place, with the right people. 
and one of the most significant finds in recent history. Exactly as the Bible tells us happened in the days of King Hezekiah. Written in stone, kings and prophets. We have the Bible and we have archaeologists. Feeling our story, it's matching. The Old Testament is a reliable history book. Get your copy today for a gift of any dollar amount. Call now or go to cbn.com slash written in stone. Download the CBN News app, 24-7 News, from a Christian perspective at home or on the road. One place for all of your news. Breaking news alerts. Set daily prayer goals and pray for news stories. Read the most important news and watch CBN News Channel Live. CBN News, because truth matters. Go to CBNNewsApp.com to get the app today. The Bible tells us to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. In CBN's free guide, 10 Ways You Can Pray for Israel, you'll learn spiritual lessons from Israel's patriarchs, prophets, and beloved New Testament leaders, while also discovering how you can pray for Israel today. Get your free copy. Call 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash pray for Israel. Hannah Malka was 16 years, 16 years old in March 1939 when the Nazis rolled into Czechoslovakia and took over her country in one night. CBN Middle East correspondent Julie Stahl shows us how she survived the ghetto, Auschwitz, and forced labor in Germany. Czechoslovakia was an exemplary democracy in Europe, and the Czechs never thought Adolf Hitler would make a move to invade it. But on March 16, 1939, the Czechs awoke to a new reality. I opened the radio and heard the president say, be all of you quiet, don't fight, don't do anything. The Germans occupied Czechoslovakia. For teenager Hanna Malka and others like her, life wouldn't be the same. For the Jews, everything changed. First of all, I couldn't go anymore to school. Then I couldn't speak with my friends, and I was, at my age, the only Jewish girl. Hannah shared her story with journalists through a social it's initiative called Zikaron Basalan, Living Room Remembrance. Founded 11 years ago in Israel, it's now in 65 countries, touching some 2 million people. It aims to connect Holocaust survivors with young people. Then we had to give half of our flat to a Jewish family because the Germans needed flats for the German. After that, we had to go to a small village, and it was very lonely and very, very bad, so my mother sent me to Prague. In the Czech capital's Jewish quarter, life continued for two and a half years. Then, in November 1941, Adolf Hitler said he was giving the Jews a city and began transporting them to the Theresienstadt ghetto. I was living in a flat of Czech family, so we were about 70 people in a two-room flat with one WC and with one place to wash themselves. For people of our age, it was actually, we could manage. We made each other and speak with, with other. I had always the feeling that everyone there wanted to give the best of himself so that to make other people a little more happy. Hitler used Theresienstadt for propaganda to deceive the world about what his true intentions were for the Jewish people. The children even put on an opera called Brundibar. 
and it said that Burundi Bar was a bad man who wanted to do bad to them and wanted to send them somewhere, but they were fighting against him, and in the end they succeeded to be the winners. Older people were deceived into paying money to go to Theresienstadt, thinking they were getting special treatment. Fifty people died every day. And all the time the Nazis were transporting people to Auschwitz in Poland. Eventually, Hannah and the other children were also loaded on a dark cattle car and forced to travel for days without food or water. The notorious Dr. Joseph Mengele was among those greeting them upon their arrival. He chose 200 girls, including Hannah, to be used as laborers and sent everyone else to the gas chambers. We had to put down everything we wore. We were naked, and they took our hair, not only from the head, but from the body. Everyone got a dress, mostly a summer dress, and we asked where are all the other 1,500 people. And they told us, look to the sky and you see the smoke. These are the 1,500 people. Hannah and the 200 girls were then sent to Germany, and she spent the rest of the war as a maid or working in a factory for the Germans. According to Hannah, they always tried to guard their humanity. We wanted to, to stay people all the time. Maybe we didn't see like people, but, but we felt like people. As Germany began to fall, Hannah's life was once again in danger. They wanted to send us somewhere where they could finish us because they didn't want that the Alice should see what they made from us. But because of all these bombardments, they couldn't do it. After the war, Hannah returned to Prague, riding halfway on a Russian tank, and life began to return to normal. And then I didn't want to stay. The Russians came to Czechoslovakia. They were two people. They were the Russians and the, and the Americans. And the Americans were good, but the Russians, not so much to speak about it. In 1946, Hannah came to pre-state Israel. Like many survivors, she didn't share her story for years. Hannah's granddaughter, Ya'ara Malka, who joins her at events, was a teenager when she first heard her grandmother's story. But the first time that I realized all the story is when I go with her to Germany. She talked in the schools, and then I got all the picture and understand everything. Hannah, who will soon be 100 years old, has two children, five grandchildren, and two great-grandchildren. After all she went through, she says she wants people to remember, no matter how bad a situation is, there's something or someone good to be found. Julie Stahl, CBN News, Tel Aviv, Israel. Coming up, a prayer for the peace of Jerusalem, the event that brings Christians and Jews together just as the Bible commands. For a limited time, you can get five of CBN's critically acclaimed documentaries. Experience the rebirth of the modern state of Israel. The historic bonds between the Jewish people and the land of Israel cannot be broken. Relive the battle for Jerusalem in the Six-Day War. Jerusalem is yours forever. Discover how Israeli volunteers are changing the world. When people need us, we volunteer and we come and help. Explore the world of Israeli technological innovation. We're people of dreams. God gives us dreams. 
And that's really the roots, I think, of, of much of our innovation. And understand the biggest land dispute in history. Many Palestinian Arabs claim that the Jews stole Arab land. But is that the real story? This exclusive Israel DVD collection can be yours for a gift of $29.99 or more. Call now or go online to get your Israel DVD bundle, which includes streaming access. Come home to the sounds of Southern Gospel from CBN Radio. You'll enjoy a rich Southern blend of bluegrass, classic gospel, and Southern Gospel favorites like the Gaithers, the Crab Family, and bluegrass sounds like Mountain Faith. So make yourself at home with the all-new CBN Southern Gospel. Now available at CBNRadio.com. Introducing a brand new way to start your morning, the CBN News Quick Start Podcast. Each weekday morning at 7 a.m., get quick highlights of the day's important news, then an in-depth analysis that goes beyond the headlines, insights that matter to people of faith. Discover how God is moving around the world and here at home. Find the CBN News Quick Start Podcast on iTunes or wherever you enjoy listening to podcasts, because truth matters. The Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast is a prayer movement initiated and chaired by former Knesset member Robert Ilatov and co-chaired by former U.S. Congresswoman Michelle Bachman. Each year it brings together government leaders and Christian leaders for a gathering in Israel's capital city to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. Since its beginnings, the prayer breakfast has now gone to the nations around the world. I talked with its director, Albert Vexler, about the impact of the prayer breakfast and where it's coming next. Albert Vexler, uh, director of the Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast, great to be with you here in Jerusalem Dateline. Thank you for having me. You were there at the beginning, uh, at the beginning of how this all began, and how far has it grown since the time? Well, Jerusalem Prayer Breakfast started with uh, Robert Ilatov, uh, as he was the chairman of the Christian Allies Caucus in 2016, asking for my help. And uh, I gave him the idea of... Uh, bringing the Jews and Christians together to pray for the peace of Jerusalem. At first he thought, I'm out of my mind, but <laughs> then uh, Reuven Rivlin, then president, uh, endorsed it and loved it. So you remember, we came to president's residence and uh, he uh, received us with open arms and said that he had been longing for the prayers of the Christians. Now we've had 16 prayer breakfasts in addition to the six we've had in Jerusalem, the annual ones here. We've been all over the world in Brazil most recently, and then before that in Dallas, Texas, in uh, Estonia, uh, Holland, uh, Australia, going back to Australia soon. So it's mm -hmm. going to be quite interesting what we have in place. And now Houston, yeah. that's the most important mm -hmm. one. Yeah. What kind of reaction do you have people in different countries and different uh, cities when they attend a Jerusalem prayer breakfast? I think they love it. They love the idea that the Israeli government has issued a call to pray for the peace of Jerusalem, that we have people from the cabinet and, and the people from uh, Knesset come and uh, encourage the Christian friends of Israel to pray uh, for the peace of Jerusalem. I think uh, there, is, there is also a challenge because uh, I think many people, many nations, they want to see their countries uh, stand together with Israel. And you know, there are countries that stand with Israel. There are countries that don't stand with Israel. They're opposing Israel vehemently. So I think uh, many uh, are challenged to mm -hmm. pray for the governments. 
so that they would align themselves with God's purposes with Jerusalem. Yeah, you talked about Houston. Tell us about what's coming up. Uh, Houston, we will have a great event in the Westin Hotel in Galeria. We have the mayor of Houston uh, welcoming us. Mm -hmm. We have Governor Greg Abbott. He will be our host, uh, mm -hmm. I believe, in Texas. And then we have several people coming from the Knesset. We have, of course, our Israeli Consul uh, General Livia Link-Raviv mm -hmm. come and, 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 and speak. Many, many great speakers from Houston area. And uh, I think the most important part, people will gather and pray. And that's what you know. We do a lot during the Jerusalem prayer breakfast. We actually you, you pray. do pray. Not yes. just the breakfast. <laughs> yes. So if people want to come to the Houston prayer breakfast, how would they know yeah, about it? We have a, a website called jpbtexas.org. Mm -hmm. So the moment you, you go to JPB Texas, you will find all the information for how to register. Maybe you want to sponsor a table. You want to come for the Shabbat dinner. We have Yuda Glick uh, doing the Shabbat dinner. We, it was a great success in Dallas. And so uh, he was gracious, you know, to receive everybody as if uh, we were their family, yeah. blessing mm -hmm. us, you know, over the Shabbat. So it's, it's going to be an, an, an uh, unforgettable uh, event, I believe. Uh, most important, it's to, to challenge and to uh, bring people to pray for the peace of Jerusalem as we are facing these very critical times in our history. The covenant relations between United States and Israel must be strengthened. Mm. Well, be a great event. Uh, thank you, Albert, for being here. Thank you, Chris, for having me. Still ahead, songs from the Holy City, the musicians worshiping the Lord like David did. Thank you for watching Jerusalem Dayline. We're committed to providing you with unbiased reporting from the Holy Land. Through weekly broadcasts, podcasts, and online media, our vision is to reach millions around the globe with the true story of what's happening in Israel and the Middle East, all from a biblical and prophetic perspective. This is a big vision and is only made possible by the generous support of people like you. Call us toll-free at 1-800-700-7000 or go to cbn.com slash Jerusalem Dateline and make a donation that will help spread the light of truth about Israel throughout the world. Orphans Promise is committed to loving and serving at-risk children, to helping keep families together, and to creating opportunities for strong and sustainable communities around the world. We're working in over 60 countries around the world, and with your help, we can do even more. There's an old African proverb I love that says, if you want to run fast, run alone. But if you want to run far, run together. At Orphan's Promise, we want to run far so we can touch the lives of as many orphaned and vulnerable children as possible. But we don't want to go alone. We're out to change the world, one child, one family, one community at a time. Will you join us? Here, 
We're committed to a heritage of rigorous scholarship dating back over a thousand years and to a faith tradition dating back a thousand more. This is how we create a culture of inquiry where no topic is off limits. And a culture of hope. Anything's possible! It's Christian leadership. And it's changing the world for the better. It's higher learning. It's greater knowing. It's what makes us whole. It's what makes us Regent. Experience God on a new level. Empowering the believer is what this podcast is really all about. Discover insights into scriptures. Be encouraged by inspired teaching. Everyone listening. Everyone. You can be a chosen vessel. The Lesson with Gordon and Ashley. What did Jesus get? Everything that the Father has. Yes. Learn more about what God has for you. The Lesson on cbnfamily.com and YouTube. The Bible says David played his harp to worship the Lord. Well, that's exactly what this next group of musicians did on the southern steps of the Temple Mount. Take a look.
beautiful music. To find the full video of this concert, go to YouTube and search for The King's Harpist, or go to their Facebook page called The King's Harpist. Well, that's all for this edition of Jerusalem Dateline. Thanks for joining us. Remember, you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and YouTube. And you can also access CBN content through our CBN News and other CBN apps. And don't forget to sign up for our email blast so you can continue to receive all of our exciting CBN content. I'm Chris Mitchell. We'll see you next time on Jerusalem Dateline.